0: This week on The Zone of Truth, the end is in sight as Griff and I discuss the last few episodes of our Carrying Crown show, tease some upcoming big moments, and of course, answer some listener questions. I'm your host, Steve, in the studio with your GM and my co-host, Griffin. Roll a will save. You're in The Zone of Truth.
1: And we're back. We're back. We are back. Happy Saturday,
0: Griff. That's when we're recording. How are you doing this morning? Pretty good. Yeah. jeez, I
1: think this is one of our last carrying crowns on the truths. That's crazy. Yeah. Oof.
0: Good thing we decided we can talk about other stuff on this show now. because uh, <laughs> Topics would be kind of thin for a while. Let's talk about the show we finished a year ago. <laughs> we're going to creature feature the eyeball ray thing
1: from book two <laughs> they love it people yeah, would eat, eat that shit up that's true absolutely no this would just become two seltzer reviews
0: each show <laughs> two seltzer packs three listener questions roll <laughs> credits were done every episode <laughs>
1: these guys are really burning through seltzer packs oh boy
0: Well, we got some on the horizon here. I know we've been chatting up the Simplies a lot. It's probably worth reviewing those on the show. I saw Truly's got a Red, White, and True pack. Red, White, and True. You know, the 4th of July is coming up. American Independence, really proud of it. So got to celebrate with the Red, White, and True. Yeah, I don't know. I guess for a while as the mainline show is more or less, you know, wound down and on hiatus before... Skull and Shackles, we'll probably be talking a lot more Bestow Curse stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Presumably. Probably be talking a lot more Seltzer Pack. Oh, yeah. We're going to be killing some
0: time. Don't worry. (laughs) And this episode itself is going to be a little different. We usually have a couple segments where it's a Seltzer Pack and something else or two different things. Today, we're pretty much just going to be recapping episodes and talking about what's left because there is an end in sight we have a target finale episode number we know of the remaining episodes what we're trying to accomplish with each one we've got plans so we're going to talk about all of that stuff but before we do what you been up to man
1: well you mean Haley went to the Bare Naked Ladies concert last night which was yes. fun A band that is actually older than any of us. There there were some characters there. It was was a very dad-heavy concert.
0: Yes, it was the oldest crowd that I've ever been in for a show. But, boy, they know how to have a good time. The moms and dads of Columbus really showed up. The lawn covered in picnic blankets. More picnic blankets than I've ever seen at Kemba Live. I... Was just sitting there shocked through the first two openers, as we were seeing. I would say ninety-five percent of the crowd had
1: like twenty-five ounce beers and just railing through them. Yeah, we got burned pretty bad. We oh asked, uh, we we asked one of the gentlemen. He was wearing a uh, how would you describe it? Almost like a it linen. Almost like a. Ref- like, it was like a bright,
0: almost roadwork orange. Yes,
1: yeah. But it looks and, so comfortable. Yeah. And he walks past us and Haley, who's thinking, maybe I'll get this shirt for my dad because it stood out so much, calls over to him. Hey, sir, where'd you get your shirt? And he goes, oh, sorry, Italy, Florence. <laughs> like- and we were just like, oh, so like not a, you know, not a store, just a, a city in a country. Mm hmm that we will never go to
0: yeah it was clearly code for there's some sort of designer there or boutique shop he bought it at that we could never get to and I will say I think that was kind of the intent of his reply was to flex on us a little bit which I would argue was not successful because it was such an out of left field answer that we weren't impressed we were just confused like we just got to look back like huh? Florence, Italy, huh? We we're, were expecting you to say, like, I don't know, Banana Republic Online or right. something. <laughs> but, nope. Hey, that concert was a blast. I'm very glad we went. There were a couple openers, too. I can't remember the Supersonic name of the band.
1: played at yeah. uh, Closing Time. Mm-hmm. Del Amico or something was the band before that, that yeah. played the one song that we knew. Roll To
0: Me. Yeah, yeah, Roll To Me. So I never thought I would see Roll To Me and Closing Time live. And what I'll say for Closing Time is that it's a song that's been popular my entire life. Yeah. But I'm never like at the gym putting in reps listening to Closing Time. Like It's not, it's, a, it's it's, not a at it, the gym reps song. No, it's not a song that I ever listened to or ever go out of my way to listen to ever. But I, last night when they were playing it, I was like, "God damn, I get it. This is pretty good. Yeah. Like, I understand why this song is as famous as it was. Yep. Like, they nailed it. It was yep. really cool." And yeah, then, and like, and boy,
1: and they're also old. Mm-hmm. Like, both bands are just like a bunch of gray old men. But hey, they could still put on a show. Yeah,
0: Bare Naked Ladies was awesome. They really hit all the hits. Yeah, <laughs> they really, really just hit everything. The Big Bang. Song I couldn't believe they played a the big bag <laughs> pull that out opener. I would say there was one perplexing six minute stretch of the show where the lead singer was doing a monologue about how he met his wife or how he proposed to his wife, mm-hmm. I think, which led into a freestyle rap where he was like name dropping Columbus. The other bands on the tour and specifically the venue. Like he shouted out Kemba Live in his freestyle, and the freestyle transitions to a cover of Shake It Off by Taylor Swift. That's a three act progression I never in my wildest dreams would have predicted. No one saw it coming. But hey, I fucking
1: loved it. Yeah, it was, was the, it was was the digging it. first stop on their tour yeah. this summer was Columbus. So uh, you know, he had to pull out the freestyle mm-hmm. on the first stop. Yeah, it was a blast. Really glad we went. Anything else that you wanted to shout out? No, I mean we're just we're all getting real busy for the end of this Carrying Crown show. So yeah, pretty much that. Pretty much just getting all my ducks in a row for it. Lots of prep, lots of epilogue writing, lots
0: of texts back and forth. But yeah, besides that, I want to shout out a song. It's called God Damn It All. It's a new song by The Wonder Years. I'm loving it. They are re-releasing for the 10-year anniversary their album. And it's actually the album that got me into The Wonder Years. It's an album called The Greatest Generation. And God Damn It All is an outtake from that album. I understand why it's an outtake because The Greatest Generation has a very... It's a concept album. It has a very clear concept, and this doesn't really fit. But boy, does it hit. It's a very good song about living your life and people leaving you and you kind of waiting for them to come back and they never do. It really hits hard and it's pretty fucking good. Besides that, I'm almost done with an anime that one of my work buddies turned me on to called Jujutsu Kaisen. I don't need to explain the plot because it's very similar to Demon Slayer or Chainsaw Man. If you're familiar, you got... Powerful humans fighting monsters. And, you know, there, there's a lot more to it than that, but it's effectively what it is. Really good combats, some really fun characters. It's actually pretty funny. And the reason I bring it up is I just want to shout out one of the moments in this show that made me laugh harder than almost any television show has. There's this big fight that's going on, right? It's a good guy versus a monster. And the good guy is what I would like to say as a character that I can't wait to play in Pathfinder. He's the most lawful neutral character of all time just like everything's by the book, zero emotion and he's fighting this monster and while they're fighting he looks at his watch and he's like I started work at 10 o'clock. It's 5.30. I will be done with this fight by six. He's just like a company man. (laughs) That's like his shtick is that he's by the regs. And then the fight goes long and he's watching the seconds on his watch and it ticks over six o'clock and the curse that he's fighting is like, ha ha, I've extended the fight. Now you're powerless to face me. Like you're going to about to clock out. And when you clock out, I'm going to just kill you. And he's he slowly takes off his tie wraps it around his one hand and he, he starts emanating this power as he goes into overtime oh, <laughs> like, he like levels up <laughs> when it crosses his 8 hours of his like jujitsu sorcery work day and it's the fun, it was the funniest fucking shit that's how they ended an episode and I was cackling I loved it <laughs> so I want to play a company man one day in one of these things that we do it would be fun
1: overtime
0: <laughs> but yeah that's pretty much it Let's talk about some previous episodes of the HLP. Today, we're going to take it back a little bit. We are covering episodes 244 through 251. We haven't done a recap episode like this in a while, so we could have done more episodes, but I think starting at 244 makes sense. This is where we have some really relevant information to where we are today at 251 and beyond. So. This is all important stuff. That's why I want to start here. Basically, we're covering a whole bunch of stuff that takes place in this basement dungeon crawl. Mm-hmm. Have you been enjoying the basement dungeon crawl, Griff? Yeah, it's, it's been pretty ob- good. It's obviously heavily
1: modified. Yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Pretty obviously. I'll tell you this. It's a very classic book six in that, hey, welcome to book six. Let's do 30 combats and then the big bad. Yes. 30 comments. I'm I'm trying to like
0: not do that. And it's like a tour de force of like every
1: different type of high level enemy. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, here's a demon. Oh, here's a demon. Oh, here's a powerful undead. I've been very surprised that this hasn't been
0: 100% undead through like the basement, Yeah, that there are so many extra planar allies
1: of these bad yeah i think they just had to throw something in there to challenge the party (laughs) at this point because like everybody has an undead bane weapon Mm -hmm. everybody has a death ward on it's like you can't really touch a party that is prepared for the undead yeah and be level appropriate right (laughs) yeah pretty hard from a writer perspective to
0: surprise people with undead and make it challenging when everyone probably is Like you said, like specter prepped enough for that, that, Mm -hmm. you know, it trivializes some of these encounters. We'll see that in a little bit with the ghouls, right? Yeah, it's just like, oh, they can't really hit if they can get their conjuring off. That sucks a lot. But otherwise, like, there's not much they can do against us Mm -hmm. anyway. We're starting at 244. This episode is called Livin' Lavivisection. As we go through this griff, I'm basically going to be reading through my notes and adding some color commentary. Hop in whenever you'd like with things you've changed, things we might have missed things that you added or or really enjoyed Mm -hmm. just jump in whenever you want man so in this episode we're starting to regroup a little bit we're headed back to rest after a long stretch of combats but we're returning to this alchemist's lab to do a little bit of research first because we passed through here fought this alchemist's vivisectionist lich Mm -hmm. and moved on because we had ticking clocks with buffs I believe the name of that lich was Nalthazar? Yep. All right. So the composition of this room is that you have these zombie bodies that are some sort of like dead comatose tubed up on the walls, Mm -hmm. and fluid is flowing between them and into beakers and stuff. We spend a lot of time here reviewing this journal, which details the creation of the Carrion Crown or how to do it. The Whispering Way has been assembling all the pieces and there's missing one. It's the Book of the Raven. We know where that's at. But adversary of the party, Nana Opal, actually stepped in here and said, Hey, we can sub out the Book of the Raven with this archdevil blood basically offering up Saw's eye in exchange for making him compliant to her. Mm-hmm. What was really cool here was that we talked about the Torturous Transformation, which is a higher level vivisectionist thing that Dr. Viv never quite got to the rank to pull off, Mm -hmm. but that's happened. So you'll see how that actually looks in a couple episodes, but we know that using this lab, we can potentially reverse what was done to Sawyer. We also find out that the alchemist here made these simulacrums of a Divian one of which was sent to Lepidstat to impersonate him at the trial so we were fighting or rather not fighting we were trialing against a clone of him yep we sleep everything off in the magnificent mansion spell that Tulia throws out but Nana Opal sneaks in taunts the party and leaves morning comes and we head into a lounge where there are some cultists doing some haunt whippets there was a lot in that episode. Yeah. Anything that I missed
1: or anything you want to highlight or call out? I don't think so. Obviously, this is one where, you know, I took a lot of creative liberty because we're pulling Nana Opal into the story and Saw mm-hmm. into the story and that kind of thing. So one weird thing about the book is they say that the, you know, obviously the book the Raven is the Raven's head mace yes. in the book. And they say that's a component of the carrying crown elixir. And then they never really give you like what the alternative is. That was my party always has it. Yeah. If you complete book four, the party has that. So they never say like how they've progressed and continued to make the carrying crown elixir. They just do. That's so strange to me. There's no other artifact. So a lot of people in the forums are just like, well, just come up with like, another thing that they grab mm-hmm. so obviously in this case i used like saw's eye but people are using like all kinds of just random shit <laughs> cuz it is kind of random shit right mm-hmm. it's like oh a ectoplasmic remnant of a prison guard <laughs> like yeah here's a, a skull made from 100,000 people here's a pack lord's heart it's really strange to me yeah that they don't offer something, or at
0: least put some context in, or like, hey, tailor in something that your party might be interested in, yeah. or have heard about, or ties into a backstory, or something. But nope.
1: Because yeah, that's a, like that's a part- very natural question to ask, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, like the party gets this piece, and then you mm-hmm. find out it is a piece. And then it's almost like, okay, well, if we find this out in book four. That was the point we of stop book for existing. Stop them, yeah. Right the carrying crown elixir can't be made now because we have this. Mm-hmm. So just a strange choice in the book. Yeah. I think like a weird omission.
0: Yeah, that is pretty strange. Next episode, 245 ice ice lady. This is a quick recap for me. I've got very few notes here. We fought two chitin libertinaries. I think I'm pronouncing that right. I remember I it's that's libertinari. A, libertinari. Yeah. I remember looking it up mid episode and realizing it was a Latin word.
1: I think it meant,
0: like, uh, oof.
1: Oh, All the chitons forgot. are, like, something from Christianity. Yeah, it's like an undertaker or something. Yeah. Air Bear killed one.
0: Eclipse killed the other. I think I remember they had some, like, wicked cold magic or something.
1: Yeah, they had some good cold stuff. Those aren't in the book. Ooh. Um, I kind of threw those in again mm-hmm. as a... This was another one where it's like, you guys go into this room with the stoners, and it's supposed to be, like, another... Eight Whispering Way initiate fight. Oh well it's like, I'm glad I we didn't so do I've that. I've cut like the ten of those that happen <laughs> in this fucking place and replace them all with interesting stuff. So that's also kind of why you're seeing like non undead enemies that are level appropriate and kind of thematically make a little bit of sense. Yeah. Is because most of the time I'm just replacing eight level eight monks encounter. Mm, well, Some of these were pretty hard fights, but I think
0: they're a lot more interesting than, yeah, yeah, just fighting eight cultists who will
1: uh, do a flurry. All right. Crazy. Yeah, Yeah, I I think that'd be be real tough on the listeners listening to that for like 10 episodes. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah, so...
0: Glad we changed it up. I know you're a big Zonkuthon fan, so I don't know if that's why you pulled these guys in here. I think cut are pretty interesting. Um, it's
1: because the room that you guys skipped and walled off <laughs> is the Lich Rejuvenation Chamber. Yes. Like, Nalthazar is rejuvenating in that room, and had you gone there, you would have found phylacteries from several famous liches. Like, the Whispering White keeps them as, oh. like, an insurance policy for those liches, so they reform... Back at the Whispering Way. Mm-hmm. And so I used a different kind of chitin, the ones that are like more like surgeons, mm-hmm. as the like body reconstructors in there. Yeah. And then had these libertinaries as kind of like the guards of that area.
0: That makes sense. They kind of got their Hellraiser vibe. Yeah. Definitely fits that like weird area interesting so we are transitioning into 246 pineapple success i want to talk about that more now so we thought we were being smart we walled off this room the lich alchemist in there will regenerate and be stuck mm-hmm. the Chitin lady who we did not fight who is in there will plane shift away and be far away and we'll never have to worry about her again but i guess we could have gone in there and took or destroyed all those phylacteries yeah. and like got rid of a ton of awful
1: liches across the world. Mm-hmm. Huh? Big miss on our part. Hey, you know, <laughs> big savings on uh, resources though. Yeah. Big savings on episode count too. Yeah. And then you guys had the Wraith fight, which was, you know, a pillow fight because you had death ward on. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't do anything at all, which is always just so much fun mm-hmm. as a GM. It's like, hey, this encounter's here. There's a spell that this party had access to like six levels ago that completely breaks this encounter. Yep. Enjoy. Yep. <laughs> Have
0: fun. I had a question about this. So these are race floating around in this room, and the interesting thing about this room to me was that there are all these corpses of like callback enemy NPCs. Mm-hmm. We're these spirits supposed to be them or are they other people or just guards
1: or something? So originally these were supposed to be revenants. Okay. But they're like even lower level and do even less <laughs> against you guys so I changed them to dread race mm-hmm. but yeah the spirits were meant to be them so, oh, how so cool. basically they collect all of these enemies of the party that the party killed mm-hmm. because that's how you make a revenant like a revenant hates the person that killed him. Yeah. So they were making all of these to hate you guys as like an insurance policy. Cause like a Divian knew you had been after him for, or you'd been after the whispering way for months now. Knowing
0: that now makes me appreciate that we fought all these NPCs at some point. They were all at the time, difficult foes. If I remember correctly, mm-hmm. it's been a while for some of these guys, but It is nice to know that and just fucking swept through them. (laughs) Like they're coming. They're like, okay, back for round two. And we're like, you're not even on our radar anymore. (laughs) Get out of the way. We have
1: Death Ward on. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I like that. So in the back half of this episode, we have a mirror of life trapping, which takes Brooks off the board. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks <sweeps>, Brooks. <laughs> only Air Bear and Ikmer, and we have to use UMD to get them out. But I remember there was a lot of discussion around here about how we were going to pull that off. If there was other folks in the mirror that might get released, and if so, who they might be, good or bad. I imagine that's probably not a thread that we're going to
1: wrap up by the end. So... Who's in that mirror? Can you say, or? They don't specify anyone in the mirror. It's kind of up for GM discretion if mm. you, you know, I obviously heavily implied that if you break the mirror, there's probably more stuff that comes out of it mm-hmm. rather than UMDing it basically just cause I wanted you guys to try and UMD it, but it's not like written in there that like, oh, so-and-so and so-and-so are in the mirror. It's just, I've heard a lot about this trap in particular, just TPKing some parties. I guess i could see that yeah like it just it sucks everyone into the mirror and then the game is over if you all fail your will save. All fail yeah what can you do you, nothing it's it's a tpk until someone lets you all out of the mirror mm-hmm. so i guess it's like gm discretion like somebody comes eventually and lets you out of the mirror <laughs> one of the high uh acolytes yeah one <laughs> of the stoners bumps yeah.
0: into it knocks it over or yeah. something speaking of the stoners They lead us past these statues of Orgothoa, which look at us menacingly, but do not attack because of our stoner friends. Yeah. This is clearly an encounter that we bypass.
1: Yeah, it was supposed to be um, three stone golems. Okay. So not a terrible fight, but it certainly wouldn't have been like the easiest thing in the world. No. I think they're like CR9. Yeah. Not easy. Definitely
0: mathematically not a challenge for the party, but I think that would be another one that would not having the stone golem thing in front of me, the stat block, but just kind of knowing what golems do and how they behave. I feel like that would probably end up being a long encounter (laughs) because... Half
1: our party is casters, so they're probably not doing anything. Yeah. Or if they are, it's very minimal. Yeah. Half mm-hmm. the party is casters. They've got like DR-15 adamantine or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sk- not everyone's breaking through that. Igmar uh, breaks out the tanker, starts yep. doing like six damage a hit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah it would it would have been annoying and you guys obviously bypassed the entire other side of the dungeon because the dungeon like forks that's where i wanted to pause because the rest of the
0: episodes that we have to talk about today are very sequential we go through a door there's only one door on uh, you know on the other side we go through that door fight whatever's <laughs> there it's one after the other but there is a big chunk of this downstairs that we bypassed so I want to talk about what we missed. If there's any cool shit there, I'm not like looking for loot to go back mm-hmm. and find or anything, but just if there's like a cool lore tidbit thing or anything, just, I'm, I'm just curious. I want to know what, what's going on with the rest
1: of this dungeon. Yeah. Had you gone the other way, there's a library and that's where Lucimar the Lich Wolf lives. Who is Lucimar the <laughs> Lich Wolf? He's not a werewolf, but looks like a werewolf. Okay. He was polymorphed into a like a warg and then like was like worked on like again this all happened like while he was alive was like worked on so that he could like actually use his hands and feet so he looks a lot like a werewolf. Mm-hmm. Then he was turned into a lich. He's like the double cross, like, hey, we're not supposed to be able to become undead. Like you told us like <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the were creatures can't stay were creatures when they become undead. Well, this guy isn't really a weird creature. He's <laughs> he's gone through this weird process, but he's meant to like annoy you guys throughout the entire dungeon. Really? The entire bottom of the dungeon and I was just kind of like, oh, I've changed so many of these encounters like that's just going to be like nail in the coffin for these guys if he hops into one of these. Mm-hmm. Just cuz again, I've had to scale everything to a ridiculous degree for a party of 8 PCs. So I just figured I'd have him be in the, in his like home base area, which is the library. And he's, I think he has like a couple of mooks with him in there. uh, A couple of the monk guys. There's a couple other rooms on that side. None of them are like terribly notable. Yeah. I think the, the whispering tyrant haunt is supposed to like trigger in a couple of the rooms and it does a different thing in every like named room that it triggers in so like in one of them it dominates someone and one of them it casts like phantasmal killer on someone sure sure okay, that kind of thing just to try and like pester you guys basically yeah. and let me think i i mean there's no like named notable enemies aside from that mm-hmm. on that side i think there's a couple more like a wraith style fight or something like that sure that you didn't really miss much on that side either all right
0: yeah, I'd, I would have been interested in seeing the library, but definitely not at the expense of fighting somebody who we really are unfamiliar with. Yeah,
1: you can find out like more about the history of like the Whispering Way and stuff in the library, but it's you know you guys have kind of gathered that information already. Yeah,
0: we're not exactly rolling through this dungeon and doing a malevolence style day of research in the right. library. <laughs> All right, let's keep it rolling here. We've got some big fights coming up here so we got the cliplash episode 247 we're fighting in Ognagar. clip off i think i'm pronouncing that correctly or at least close to in yeah, this
1: like it's i've always thought it was like Ognagar. Ooh, yeah that very
0: plausible in it this is. like body disposal room mm-hmm. so a couple highlights from the combat ick getting this rotting curse which is cured later by uska Um, There's some confusion, notably uh, a showdown between Durin and the Lopper. Eclipse is the one that kills the clip off, and basically the episode ends with us hearing Kendra begging for her life down through the next room, and we know the Oven Golem, as per what the stoner said earlier, lies beyond the next
1: door. We believe the Carrion Crown transformation has begun. Mm
0: anything notable here?
1: I mean, this guy's in the book. It's a pretty really? standard encounter. Yeah. I think it's normally a CR 14. And then I gave it the advanced template. What was the in-book justification if they provided one? It's just like, hey, this dumb clip off is eating corpses for us. They had basically summoned it and mm-hmm. pacified it by giving it all the corpses. So sure. it, like, it lives there and protects the inner sanctum because they feed it hundreds of corpses. Yeah. <laughs> and it's all about that. Gross. And it doesn't attack them because it likes to eat living things.
0: Again, sometimes the scale of these adventures is wild. If you are killing enough people to satisfy this clip off where they're feeding it hundreds of corpses consistently, <laughs> are you trying to tell me that nobody's noticed? It's like a whole villages getting yep, wiped yep. out here. And I know we're behind enemy lines and like the heart of what'll be the gravelands and the last wall nights almost never even come out here because they're scared of it and no one mm-hmm. patrols but like lots of people are going missing and nobody yeah. seems concerned mm-hmm. about this <laughs> boggles the mind yeah well we got a hungry clip off but hey yeah and it is cool to roll into a room that you know Corey made an excellent map for just painted with corpses some really great imagery of us freedom of movement running up towers of corpses trying to fight this thing this this was kind of a fun one it was a big stand and bang encounter but sometimes
1: those are good times yeah i mean the thing could fly around it's just the room's not really big enough. right and he was pretty big right 15 it or 20 huge. feet across yeah. yeah 20 damn yeah there it was
0: not that big and there's fucking nine of us with the lopper yeah taking up space yeah. too so gets <laughs> pretty tight quarters pretty quick Next episode's called I'm Oven It. This is the oven golem fight. So before we talk about this creature, just want to give some brief highlights. It's a golem fight. So again, yeah, a little bit stand and bangy. We have Air Bear being the one to deliver the final blow. And the episode ends with the team after many episodes breaking up because the paths diverge here. We got Kendra calling for help down and below. And most of our mainline parties, like, hey, that's Kendra. They're doing the carrying crown thing virtually right now. We got to take care of that. But other folks on the squad are like, hey, one, we can't let Nana Opal go or be behind us as we go downstairs. And there's a potential powerful ally in Sawyer and, and maybe even Anya that are being held captive. So Split focus, we have the Kendra squad, which is Matumbe Eclipse, Air Baron Lyra, the Opal squad being Durin, Tulia, Ikmer, and Uska. So now let's rewind back to the Oven Golem fight itself. Mm -hmm. We talked about this ahead of time, but this is not a traditional Pathfinder creature. You can't Google Pathfinder Oven Golem. So what what did you make here? This is custom.
1: I essentially made a brass golem with the... Advanced and commando construct templates. And then I took a couple abilities from... There's like a third party, and I honestly can't remember what uh, third party source it comes from, but there's a furnace golem that kind of... In a different world, I might have just used wholesale, but it wasn't quite strong enough. Mm And so I figured the brass golem was a better chassis, but I gave it like the extra fire attacks. And had you guys been grabbed by it it could have like put you in the oven and stored you there and you would have taken like a ton of fire damage. Oof. So I took those from the furnace golem and you know, I think you guys like cleaned it up actually pretty quick, which happens, mm-hmm. but it had good tr adamantine. It was, you know, immune to a lot of spells, but as you guys found, you could like cast cold spells on it. Mm-hmm. So not terribly tough fight overall I think for you guys considering but it was an interesting one because yeah. you don't fight Golems a ton in carrying crown.
0: It's an interesting one and of course, hey, you know a lot of these are resource trainers too you're down a couple sp- cold spells you're down a couple Durin bombs down a couple rounds of Bane perhaps on the Matoombe side and that's all going to be very important in the next few episodes that we talk about where Stuff starts getting a little thin. We yeah. uh, start having some real problems. Some real problems. Yeah. yeah. If you're good on the Oven Golem or that yep. fight, we can start talking about the next two episodes. <laughs> the worst two that we've ever recorded. Yeah, it really is nice that you can you can just name them. If uh, you know, 20 years from now, someone's like, hey, you're on that podcast, right? And I was like, yeah. They're like, Hey, I got a funny question for you. What was the worst episode you ever (laughs) recorded? I was like, hey, actually we got two of them. 249 and 250 of the original show. (laughs) I'm actually mostly kidding here. This was a a complete fucking disaster from an actual fight perspective, but I think we had fun with it. Even you know, sometimes you get into those combats where things get like so statistically bad, it's like actually kind of comical. Yeah. And that's exactly what Mm -hmm. happens here. So Matume defuses this glyph trap, and we're feeling good going into this worm that walks fight, the creatures made of maggots over this big pool of maggots that takes up most of the battle map. A couple of spells were used with crazy effectiveness against us, waves of ecstasy and some sort of mass confusion. I can't remember if that was like confusion mass or there was a different spell that gave us confusion, but we were confused. Mm-hmm. And Leer's the one that finishes off the worm that walks while confused casting bursts of radiance I think which leads to the next episode family fugue we're talking about these together because they're one fight we bang out the remaining 10 rounds of confusion where we had to get really creative to keep Lyra alive as certain party members kept coming back to give her a little more The episode ends with a teaser about the next room. We see some Ergothoa statues, some a priest chanting, a corrupted symbol of Pharasma, Kendra doppelgangers, a pit of energy that has Kendra over it, but she disappears and we don't know which one she is. And we cut to black and that's like the end of that episode. But let's rewind back. This worm that
1: walks, was this intended to be a difficult encounter? No, (laughs) this is in the book. This is literally a worm that walks with like the advanced template on it.
0: No griffin surprise
1: on here. No no, no, no tactics change. No. Mm-mm. Had the then. same spells that it was supposed to have, that it has in the game mastery guide. Embarrassing. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I was shocked. A lot of you just rolled shitty yeah. saves. I mean, waves of ecstasy sucks. It's like a more powerful slow. Mm-hmm. And the rough thing about the worm that walks is that. If you're not casting spells at it, it's got DR fifteen slash, mm-hmm. and it's got fast healing fifteen. Oh God! So, so if like, you're not doing thirty points, so like you gotta do thirty if, points of damage just to get it to the point where it doesn't like heal to the same that's spot. That's your break-even yeah, point. You break-even at thirty <laughs> points of damage, which at this level
0: is a pretty regular hit
1: right I mean that's
0: about what what damage we're putting out per hit you know crits notwithstanding and special circumstances
1: I mean it gets tough too because I think Brooks didn't want to use like his last channel because metagame wise you guys knew there was like a boss in the Mm -hmm. next room and he had you know one left Oh, uh, or challenge challenge rather so he's doing like 17 damage a hit to this thing when he gets a full round attack off and you guys usually count on him to be the slicing and dicing things apart. He just didn't have the damage output to do that. You know, Eclipse getting staggered is like, okay, she's basically getting up to the thing every round. And then it'll teleport away essentially. Yeah, this was was bad and there was that
0: surprisingly effective like acid gas going on. Mm that given the you know a different battlefield would not have been a problem but you know we're kind of funneled into the beginnings of this tunnel and we can't fully move into the room because the giant pit Mm -hmm. and some of us just can't move because we're confused right don't know any better so that did a whole bunch of damage yeah i mean that did a
1: lot of damage after the thing died yeah 249 250 rough times yeah i thought the acid cloud was gonna kill Like permakill Lyra. Yeah, we were there. Yeah. We were there. And that's that
0: situation that it got really bad really fast. Because if Lyra, you know, let's say Matumbe dies. Okay. I think Lyra probably has something in the tank to get him back up. Mm -hmm. Like a breath of life or some sort of resurrection or something. But she's the one that's doing that for this particular party. If she goes down, there's no opportunity to like get her back, at least for now until we can potentially get Uska in the room, but yeah, like, then just Emily's out until yeah, potentially uh, we get back together. Right. Rough times. So, those were those two episodes. We got one more that we're covering today, because that's the last episode that's been released. That is 251, Kendra Mania, so this is the fight versus the Grey Friar, and all of these Kendra clones, who I think were described as spawn or creations of the tomb giant from way before at this point mm-hmm. the Lopper's actually the one that identifies the correct kendra we kill the rest of them eclipse takes down the gray friar air bear returns from a maddening oubliette spell permanently insane and we hear rumbling from above
1: so yeah this was uh this was a good fight yeah um, rough one for air bear definitely Yeah, I mean, (laughs) the DC of that Maddening Oubliette was something like a 27. And it gets one harder each round. You're in the Oubliette. Mm -hmm. So when he missed the first one on like a 16 on the die, I was kind of like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. We got several rounds of this. We're going to get to a point very soon where it's just if you're not rolling a 20, it's not happening. (laughs) Yeah, it was exactly what happened. It was like, okay, we've done this for three rounds. And now I know that you need a 20 because it's beyond your capability to hit Mm -hmm. otherwise. So just roll the die seven times. And if one of them's a 20, that's when you get out. Yeah. And he didn't get out. Rough. So I want to ask about this Greyfriar a little bit. Sure. What was this creature? So it's a um, Quaykuva, which is like the former priest of a religion that gets like corrupted and turned undead. So he was formerly the head priest of Pharasma at this church, which mm-hmm. was a Frasman church, and then he got like corrupted and now worships Or Ur- and is a Huekuva, but has all these, you know, like Pharasman symbols and that kind of thing, and is like a heretic against Pharasma basically, so we'll outright try and kill Pharasmans most of the time. Yeah. Uh, Which, you know, kind of came up with Matoombe, but then it was like, let me get this asshole that's slicing and dicing me off of me. Oh, now there's a freaking wyang in my face. Right. We heard his tactics
0: essentially is that like he wants to kill Farazman's. And
1: so that Matumbe he, did not go right, like, he, he like
0: did not go up against him. He throws shade at, at Matumbe and like every round kind of indicated that he wanted to fight Matumbe, but it just wasn't practical. Yeah. Like it, it couldn't really work for him. Right. So yeah. I mean it would it would have been a fun showdown, but uh I, I didn't want to find out what would happen. <laughs>
1: Matumbe stays in the back whacking Kendras. Hey. <laughs>
0: I'll do that all day. That's fine. <laughs> Instead of getting my ass handed to me by this gray friar, but yeah, we hear a rumbling above. That's ominous. Yep. Could be an indicator of success or potential great failure from our split party in their fight against Nana Opal. But that's that's it. We're caught up. So now I want to talk about what's left. Sure. So. My first question is, what's the final target episode count? I believe we mentioned this on our Discord, but let's get it out there because we do have a definitive episode that we are
1: ending on. Yeah, again, barring like any weird shit, we should be done. The finale should be episode 257, which I'm really proud of myself. I called in the Discord (laughs) back when we were in the 240s. Yeah, what was it like? Oh, we have like a dozen episodes to go. I I I I said, we have 12 left. Or I said, I'm going to call it right now. We have 12 left. And it was like, it must have been episode 245. Mm -hmm. It was like the one that had just released. So this I
0: think is important. And this is, I'm skipping down a question Mm -hmm. on my agenda here. So we've basically called our shot saying that this episode should be the final episode. What that effectively means is we've got the episodes planned out. What should happen in each one, essentially and I think notably that we're going to have a couple big boss combats coming up, mm-hmm. some like game ender boss combats, but there are certain actual plays that will break those apart and do them over three or four weeks. We're not doing that.
1: No, we're no, we're doing the whole fight. However long it takes is coming out as one episode. The nano opal episode is the fucking nano opal episode. The nano opal episode is episode like is three is hours Divian long. Episode.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we do have the nano opal episode under our belts and the raw recording broke
1: three hours yeah the ra- like it, it won't be three, three hours minutes. released but, right but yeah we definitely recorded that night till like eleven thirty 30 on school night yeah so just get ready
0: folks because these episodes are going to be pretty chunky we don't want to fight one person for a month and stretch this campaign out until august like that's That's not anything that we're interested in. And honestly, I don't think that makes for a good listening experience. Sure. That means you have longer episodes, but you're not going to get through one round of a high level boss combat and then have to wait seven days to see what happens in round two.
1: Right. it's Not happening. Right. I just think it makes sense, especially for like the biggest, baddest bosses of the entire campaign to just like, you should listen to that whole fight at once. Yeah. Like otherwise, like we start to miss stuff. Like there's too much going on in a combat like that for me to put it down for a week and then pick it back up. I've talked about this issue a lot, like when we when we do that with certain combats, and it's just like, oh well, fuck, oh, fuck. Like, he had this aura I forgot yeah, about. Like, or- oh, there was you know, what buffs did I actually have on? Did I have them all checked on? What buffs did you guys have on? How many rounds did you have left on? Blah blah blah. Like, yeah, it I- just it gets frustrating because then it's like. What round were we even on? Yeah, this will be the cleanest way to do it. So
0: a couple more things that I wanted to chat about with what's left. Date of that finale should be dropping is the 13th of July, That'd be episode 240 or 257. And then a couple days after that, we are going to be streaming on Twitch. So we're going to have a big post finale charity stream. That's going to be Saturday, the 15th. I think we still have some planning to go for that. I don't know that we're ready to announce like the charity partner or anything or the time of the event or anything, but just kind of mark on your counters for now that Saturday. Try to listen to the episode ahead of time. I'm sure spoilers are going to
1: happen. Yeah. Well, the good thing is you guys will know the outcome of the boss fight, at least the week before that. That's true. Because what we're planning is that like 257 is going to be complete epilogue episode. Mm hmm. Uh, what Put everybody's characters on, right? are doing, you know, at the end, et cetera.
0: Yeah. So I guess kind of the last thing that I want to talk about is let's tease episode two fifty two. So what's coming out this week? I think we can say we got about five or 10 minutes of distributing loot and figuring out the Kendra situation, but then the rumblings happening above us. We got to check out what's going on and we smash cut the nano opal fight so this week you're getting that and you're getting the whole goddamn thing like i said so (laughs) fucking brutal
1: fight yeah it's a tough one (laughs) yeah probably the like up there with hardest cut like i know we joke about the worm that walks but that wasn't really a tough combat you just Mm -hmm. just you know shit the bet on your saves like this was legitimately like i made the combat to be like a 50 50 tpk situation and i think it like lives up to that Mm -hmm. and i don't want to hit one way or the other but it's a big one so i think that's all we should
0: say about 252 love to hear what people say about that but are there any other like big plot like what should people be expecting like as we wrap up are there some big plot moments that people should expect resolution on obviously we got nanopal obviously we've got like a big showdown with audivian are there any like other big things that are going to happen that you want to
1: tease out here what should people be ready for i mean um we've certainly talked about like this group kind of amassing an army like expect that to happen Mm -hmm. i'll probably formally apologize to (laughs) corey ahead of time because she was like I really hope they don't, like, gun it to the boss and skip all my cool dungeon. They're definitely going to do that. <laughs> they have a flying ship. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's no way they uh, go up through Galaspire. They're just going to go to the top. But, yeah, I mean, I've teased this ancient dragon, navier and, and Merogarth, the Whispering Tyrant's mount. Like, expect that to be a big thing. I've teased Count Renlack, I think is his name, you know, another like near level 20 vampire enemy, like these pieces are all set in Gallaspire. expect some resolution to Air Bear's story as well, mm-hmm. especially after for the situation at Ren Church is resolved, expect some resolution to, I mean, a resolution to a lot of people's stories, like, you know, Tulia's entire backstory kind of hinges on what happens in the Nana Opal fight. Mm-hmm. There's whether or not we get to keep Saw and Anya hinges on the Nana Opal fight. That's true. Uh, there's a lot of resolution coming in, in those pieces. And I just think a lot of, <laughs> a lot of kind of really fun callbacks too, to where the, where the campaign has been and tying it all together. So obviously the Adivian fight is going to be the biggest thing. But there's plenty more content in the remaining five episodes. Sweet. All right, man. Well, a lot of exciting stuff coming up.
0: How about we hit a couple listener questions before we get out of here? Sure. So, this is a fun one. I'm, I'm pretty excited to hear what you have to say on this one. This comes from, jeez oh, I've been answering questions from this person for years. Is it Crow T or Croat? Uh, I'm going to say Crow T. <laughs> crow <laughs> T. All right. So, uh, regarding the new app of HLP, this is from a while ago, so I don't know what app we're referring to, but did the party find it more or less frustrating facing a foe who is incredibly hard to hit, parentheses, high AC, high spell resistance, misfortune, versus one with high DR, incorporeal, and energy resistances, where a lot of your damage is negated. So I really what this comes down to is, I think, would you prefer to face somebody that's hard to hit, But when you finally do, your damage goes through or like a bullet sponge type of
1: creature. Mm, Yeah, it's a that's an interesting thought. I think at least with the one you're hitting, you know that you're hitting. And like, if you know the components like the high DR, the incorporeal, the energy resistance, Mm -hmm. you can attempt to work around them. Yeah you know, uh, like with incorporeal, like you can try a ghost bane dirge, you can try, you you know, you can grab a ghost touch weapon if you have one, that kind of thing, uh, to negate part of its damage resistance. Whereas something that's like high AC, high spell resistance and misfortune, I think this is talking about one of the witches. Mm -hmm. You feel like you're wasting a lot. Right. And I think this is where it probably
0: depends on what character you're playing. Like I could see an Air Bear, really shining against the incredibly hard to hit because his Cause damage
1: output is, so is, often. is
0: low yeah. but he's rolling the d20 so many times, statistically something's going through. Yeah. So he'll he'll get a hit off there. Yeah, each round he'll hit once or whatever. But he's going to fight that bullet spongy type creature and never do anything. Right, it's Whereas just like, like
1: with the worm that yeah. walks. It's like okay, you hit it four times and did a total of eight mm-hmm. damage. Whereas like an
0: eclipse or a matumbe somebody that
1: may be Is
0: has some intelligence, it can figure out what the shtick is and crap or buff appropriately or debuff appropriately. Can work with that bullet spongy creature a little better. So, I don't know that I have a, a perfect answer to this. There's no like definitive one versus the other. I think it depends on your character.
1: I think like a caster can incapacitate a bullet sponge a lot easier with like a will saving spell that just like shuts it down. Yeah, but I think the
0: opposite of that is if you're like a blasty caster you may get frustrated with that bullet spongy creature because you are just you have to waste all your high level shit on it yeah or you're doing nothing right so the right type of caster can excel here the the wrong type of caster (laughs) is
1: going to just you use all their resources and do very little if you like hungry pit the thing you know yeah and it can't climb out like that's definitely a A solution to the high DMR and energy resistance problem Mm -hmm. is just put the creature away, cast Maze on it. Yeah.
0: All right, man. Well, guess what? Heath from STF wants to know, what are our favorite Starfinder classes? Ooh. It's been a minute since I played a little Starfinder. I think, you know, this is, we're recording this pre- What is it? Like, it's not Starfinder remastered or Starfinder enhanced or something. Uh, It's enhanced. Enhanced. Okay. So this is going to change a lot based on what the enhancements are. Exactly. Like, I love the flavor of the Witch Warper more than literally any other class. It's like a dog shit class to play. But like, I'll never play one unless (laughs) the enhancement really changes something because it's so mechanically inferior. It feels like I'm cheating a little bit calling out some of the ones that are just like definitively awesome. Like Mystic is such a good class that is super versatile and you can do some awesome stuff on it. Hey, you know, HTF, I'm playing a a healer Mystic and having the time of my life, but you don't have to heal as a Mystic. You can do other stuff. It's not a one to one, like Mystics are clerics. Like, Like Mystics can fit a lot of different roles. I also. Didn't think I'd really love the class, but for STF and friends, I played an operative and that's another one that I just uh, think is objectively mechanically better than most of the other classes.
1: And it's a lot of fun to play. Yeah, the operative pretty much beats the shit out of any other class when it comes to skills. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) I think somebody made a comment.
0: I I can't remember where I heard this, but I was like, yeah, if you want to do space, like just only do space combat, have an entire party of operatives. Nail all the skill checks
1: and yep. you'll crush. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed playing a precog in SDF and Friends, mm-hmm. especially one that was like, you know, eighth level and beyond when you can really apply your paradoxes to like whatever role. That just felt so broken. Like <laughs> pre rolling like four D20s every day, like every in game day, mm-hmm. and just being like, okay. I know the result of four rolls or if I don't like this die, I can just use it uh to give like my ally plus four AC for a round or whatever. You also had the awesome like recall spell thing.
0: Yep. Where you if you fail on your spell for whatever reason, it's just like, okay, I didn't burn up that
1: slot. Yep. That was uh, good. Here's a here's a paradox. Give me that spell back. Yep. And they get like good proficiencies. Like they're the only caster that you can just give long arm proficiency to. Mm-hmm. With a, uh, I, I believe it's one of their, it's something that comes with the class chassis and then you can expand it. So you can choose long arm proficiency or you can choose like uh, martial weapon proficiency or heavy armor proficiency. Mm-hmm. And then later you can choose another two things if you want to spend one of your precog, whatever their weird resource is. So you can, I mean, you could be like a heavy armor, long arm precog if you want to, which is just kind of wild. Yeah, there's a lot you can do with that class. It seems pretty cool. Obviously, I really love Vanguard, too. I think Vanguard and Solarian are like two of the most solidly made classes in the game, especially for the combat section of of uh, Starfinder. Solarian's scaling of
0: what they can do as time progresses in the combat, I think is fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's very much like powering up your abilities in an anime
1: or something like yeah. mid fight. Pretty cool. I think that's fun. That's clever. Yeah. yeah. And they've really expanded like what you can do as a solarian. Like yeah. you can apply your thing to like range weapons now with one of the, like one of the special notes. Mm hmm. It's definitely an interesting class, and Vanguard's just fun because it's like, shoot me a hundred times and I will stay up. <laughs> yeah. It's really
0: such the barbarian analog, but yeah. they nail it. They nail it for Starfinder. Let's end on a fun one. I think this is Rez, bare leg Chinchilla Harem asks a couple questions. One. Of all the HLP characters from every show. Which character that is not your own would you most like to cosplay or would have the most fun cosplaying?
1: Hmm. <sighs>
0: <sighs> I think doing a fun gender-bent Dr. Viv would be cool.
1: I could do a mad scientist. That would be fun. Yeah. Uh, bu- 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 let me think. I think it'd be funny to cosplay Diego. I was thinking the same.
0: <laughs> Give yourself the, like, Punisher skull face paints that he kind of has... Throw on some cat ears, put a tail on, carry around a sledgehammer. Yeah, you're good. You're having a good time. <laughs> so, yeah, they're, they're all cool. Like, I think every character that we've made is cool in some way. But yeah, there are there are some that I think would be super fun to to cosplay as. And then her follow up question is: Of all the HLP characters from every show, which character that is not your own do you think you could cosplay the easiest from what you currently have in your closet? I could pull off a Mir cosplay pretty easy. Do you have a lung cloth in your closet? Oh, well,
1: that, that could be made easy. <laughs> Got a sword. Don't have a shield. I think I could definitely do. I mean, I like made myself leather art. Like, I have that as a resource. So I feel That's like I true. could just do. Like, I could probably do mirror really easy. Ooh. Um, like a gender bent mirror. Mm-hmm. I could probably do. Your cat Ronan kind of looks... Got the badger print yeah, going he's, on. He's uh, black and white, so... Mm-hmm. All I need to do is carry food around and he'll follow me. Yep. Figgy. Miri <laughs> carries worms in her pocket for Figgy. You just have a pocket full of dog food for yeah. Ronan. <laughs> God. Yeah, I think I could do that one pretty easy. I could do any of the casters pretty easy. Like, I have a wizard robe.
0: hmm
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other ones that I could pull off.
0: You know, obviously, like, the... Um uh, why am I just why am I completely blanking on his name? Brooks is evil interlude character.
1: Oh, uh, Ed, Turner. Ed Turner.
0: Yeah. Like he's just kinda like a, a creepy, well dressed man. Yeah, he's so just a like, sharp dressed man. Could do that really easy. I <laughs> haven't even really thought of Linked Legacy, but I'm
1: sure I could pull a couple of those off. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame it's not your own character because, like, you have the Otago cosplay. I right? have the Otago cosplay, which I've done
0: many times. I definitely have the right clothes to do a Vec cosplay. Right. You've done the Saw one. I've done the Saw one. I've, I've actually cosplayed most of my characters.
1: Yeah. Like, Haley's done Opal. Yeah. Or um, I did Vrude that one time. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's. We should cosplay for for the
0: charity stream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> I'll do. I'll do. The, I'll do this. This saw get up for the charity stream,
1: even if nobody else is just up. It'll look good. I don't even know what to wear for a Divian. Let's mm. Do his. I'll just do Vroot again. <laughs> long uh, long dead. dead. All right. Well, I think that probably wraps that up.
0: Meaning that. We are reaching the end of today's program. This has been a good one. Nice to talk about uh, some of these episodes that I really had a lot of fun recording and see a little bit of a peek behind the screens because this was a big dungeon and we didn't hit it all. So it was interesting to see what changed and what was added in. But before we leave, got to do a little wrap up and housekeeping. So. As was announced on our Discord, and most of our patrons probably know, for the month of June, we're not going to have any Patreon events, so this upcoming weekend, uh, we're not going to have a live Zone of Truth. That doesn't mean that the release schedule of Zone of Truth is changing, just all of the prep that goes into hosting that live event would be better spent refining our finale episodes and really making sure that we nail the landing. So we'll be back on schedule next month. Don't worry, the episodes will release the way that they should release. We're just not going to have the live event. Besides that, just another call out that we're going to be at Origins. We'll have a meetup, so stay tuned. And then uh, the last thing that I wanted to shout out, I believe as of the release of this episode on the 5th a Monday, you should be able to flip over to the 25 North feed to hear my buddy here, Griff, talk on their dubious knowledge show all about Zon Kuthon. Yeah. So uh how's that
1: conversation? It was good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, pain daddy. I'm sure you were very mature about it. I I always am. Yep. I was the least mature on that show. <laughs> <laughs> that I kind of believe. But
0: all right. Yeah, so check that out. I'm going to be listening the day that drops. Very excited. But in the meantime, I think that pretty much does it for the episode. So, Griff, you made it out of your zone of truth. We'll say whatever the fucking, you know, you know what I mean. And we're reaching the end. And soon after that, skull and shackles.
1: Yep. Yar. Yar, baby, yar. Well, is there anything you want to say to the people at home? Yeah, finish your drinks. We'll see you in two weeks. Later.